You're listening to Flying Casual, a Star Wars podcast. Here's your host, Michael Canterbury. Hello, friends. Boy. A minute later, Holly, than last time, but not bad. I mean, not bad. Pretty much on time. Pretty. I mean, yeah. This, I'd say, this is pretty average for us now. Expect this going forward. I'm confident in saying, expect this going forward. But yeah, this is the last live Mandalorian yeah. stream. The last, the last live stream. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And and guys, I mean, one of the biggest days, a huge day, I think, for all of us. In recent history, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a bold statement and say that Holly, is that fair? Uh huh. Big day, big day for all of us. Big day out for all of us in this country. Why? Well, Holly, I found a tweet that really summarized how I felt. <laughs> um, let me look. I'm gonna start it off, guys. Starting off hot here. Gonna go ahead and read a tweet. It really summarizes how I feel right now. And that tweet says, $600 is what rich people think. Poor people think is a lot of money. Because, <laughs> folks, if you didn't realize." Our United States government is uh, planning on sending you a check for $600. So that is to bail you out of this economic shithole that we are in. So I hope you appreciate that. Your your uh, representatives are doing you right. Because what do you think, Holly? I'll pay for half a month's rent, half a half a mortgage payment? Uh, yeah, like, yeah. it's fine. I mean, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. L- Luke, what do you plan on do with your $600? I mean, that, that should last you at least another six months, right? Six months of, of fear. <laughs> Luke just sounded like a one percenter if I've ever heard. I'm just <laughs> kidding. I'm just kidding. No one percenters on this podcast. Maybe. Unless Holly has a secret stash that I'm not aware of, but she'll have to disclose Excuse that soon me. enough. You'll have my to disclose last, that soon enough. My last name is Walton. You're right. You come from the uh, the Sam Walton, uh, 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 I don't even know, a treasure trove of cash. You own all the Sam's Choice and Sam's Club and Sam and Walmarts in, in the world. Yes, right? the, the Arkansas Walton. How much are you entitled to? I can't disclose that information. Okay. Well, like I said, you will be you will be disclosing it soon enough. You'll be required to. Um, but, <laughs> uh, folks, that that really, I mean, yeah, that's great news. Uh, it's, a, it's a joke, to be honest, for those that are actually hurting in this country. Great that unemployment, uh, you know, is being extended for probably a month. <laughs> uh, but, uh, I, yeah. Pitiful day uh, by our United States representatives. But it was a great day for Star Wars fans. We we witnessed the season finale. I'm putting a series with a question mark there in that title uh, of Mandalorian. Season two. Um, maybe the end of the show forever. We, it's just, guys, it's, it's I don't know. I Although, don't know if we can definitively say anything about it. I think that yeah. we can get to it when we talk about the end of the episode. But you did yeah. have a pretty good theory. Come on. What's that theory, Holly? I said we'll talk Read it back because I'm drinking a sweet baby Jesus right now because we all need a little, a little bit of the Lord, a little bit of the sacrament every now and then. Why don't you have a koozie? Forgot it. Uh, now it's going to go warm. Well, hey, uh, maybe a warm chocolate. And it might actually be better if it's warm. Uh, I don't know. I got to think about my peanut butter needs to be cold. Sorry. But that's just me. Holly's like, well, how do you how do you smooth out that extreme chunky peanut butter where you open it up and it's just peanuts if oh, it's cold? I have yeah. a solution to that. Mm-hmm. You don't buy chunky peanut butter because that's disgusting. No, it's not. It's delicious. Luke, who, where do you stand on the side of creamy or chunky? Where do you where, which aisle do you uh, or where do you where do you fall? <laughs> I mean, for spreadability, you gotta go. 
creamy, oh, and if you Jesus. want the crunch, then you just like grab a handful of peanuts or like shells bag and, and just throw it on there. Well, I'm not even no, not, not shell, not shells. shelled ones. I want with the shell. Ew. You guys never have eaten a full peanut before. Probably terrible for you. Who digestion. are you? Sometimes you know what's you, good down south. They they boil the peanuts. And they have the texture of beans, but they still have the flavor of a peanut. That like, is good. Do you like those? Yeah, I'm down. Every every yeah. corner down by my parents, it's like there's a little stand with boiled yeah. peanuts. We used to have these uh, when we go when we go ice fishing. We had these big. They look like big spoons, and they have yeah. holes in the bottom of them. It's to scoop the ice out of Love the hole it. when you like get the auger and you like dig the ice out. And my dad found one at a flea market, mm. and the guy was like, "That's for scooping out the boiled peanuts." My well, dad was like, "Sure." Yeah. Well, hey, when in Maine, you know what I'm that saying? That was Alabama. Oh well, when in Alabama, I mean, very similar experiences. One's just a little colder. Holly, am I, is that mm-hmm. accurate? Sure. Very sure. Um, I, I just personally say go to your local Logan Steakhouse. Just dip your hand in that barrel and grab you a handful and chuck them in your mouth. Is that where you I like- want to hear in the chat, like, uh, I mean, wh- who eats whole peanuts? I'm not talking all the time. It is not good for your digestion. Who pops one every once in a while? I really don't think you should do that. <sighs> okay. Are you an elephant? I'm going to take a poll. Didn't they do that in Dumbo? Don't the, <laughs> the elephants eat the peanuts? I didn't. <laughs> Screw the, what was it, the, what was it, what was the challenge? It wasn't Oyster, it was Escargot. Ugh. Screw the Escargot challenge, we're doing the whole peanut challenge. He won't do a whole snail shell I don't know challenge. Boy. Crunchy. Oysters what almost ruined the freaking Thanksgiving stuffing, so <laughs> I don't know how, how close we can get to that, but... Uh, Boy, guys, this uh, this episode was uh, unfortunately spoiled for a lot of you even sooner than past episodes, and I'm really sorry. I saw a lot of pissed off people on Twitter saying, "Guys, I literally woke up at 9 a.m. and you're st- you're spoiling everything." Just don't get on the internet. I, I guess. guess you just can't get on the internet. You can't trust people yeah. to not be a dick. Yeah, that's so true. you just have to not get on the internet. That's right. Great point. Great point. So, I uh, apologies to everyone that was spoiled by that. Definitely wasn't <laughs> us, but. Uh, uh, Luke, you may have got up at the crack of dawn, uh, maybe 3 a.m. I'm not sure. You were getting up early with the children to give it a uh, give it a shot, and you didn't have the day off like we did. You you went in, uh, you know, punched in and, and 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 put yourself on the clock. But you got you got to check this out early. Initial thoughts. I think you were having a moment last time we texted. Oh yeah, it was an emotional whirlwind. As much as I anticipated. Uh, and beat the drum for the ultimate uh, Jedi appearance that we got of one Mr. Skywalker. Mm. It was still uh, powerful, emotional, uh, joyful. Uh, it was it was everything you'd hoped it would be when it happened. It wasn't. I mean, it was shocking, yes, right? But we've been talking about it so much, it wasn't as shocking as it probably could have been had we not even thought that there was a possibility, but it was the way in which they did it and the moment that they did it. Um, it just, it was stunning. It was hard to believe that it was actually happening. There were so many times where it was very obvious that it could have been no one else, but until the hood was revealed, I'm like, I don't know, guys. And when I saw that hilt, yeah. that was okay. We, we know for certain. It was the X-Wing. It was the X-Wing for me. When the yeah. X-Wing came by, I said, Luke. What other it was just X-Wing? like it, it was just like uh, the Slave One. Yeah. I mean, Slave One is more definitive for Boba Fett showing up, but that's the second time this season they've done that, where they just show you the ship, and if you're in the know, you know. Okay, here comes Boba, and I think, I think most of the deep and sweaties when they saw the X-wing, they're like, "That's Luke." 
Yeah, a missed opportunity, though, I will say. When uh, when Bo Katan hit him up on the pager or whatever that was, and uh, the comm and said, uh, unidentified uh, uh, starfighter, uh, who are, like, I don't know, what's your call sign or who who are you or whatever? I wish he just would have said, I'm all right. Like, I wish he would have just responded <laughs> something like that. That would have been, been funny. Red 5, yeah, here. And, but I guess that would have taken away from the, uh, the hood reveal moment. Holly? Uh, I don't know, 10 a.m., you got to pick this up and watch it. Um, a surprise, to be sure, but a welcome one, I think. Maybe after letting it settle for a little bit. The whole episode was a surprise? Um, No, just the re- really the ending. But I think okay. you were a little surprised by it, and I don't know how it settled with, with you. Could have been the mild food poisoning, we're not sure. Um, Our, our Zapata's takeout maybe have, have caused a little bit of that, but uh, what did you think? Um, Yeah, I liked it, honestly. <laughs> I felt unimpressed most of the episode. Okay. I don't. I, after it was done, I thought about it more, and then I liked it. Yeah. So I don't know if I was just like shocked by everything that was happening, and yeah. I was just like, oh. Yeah. But but the more I thought about it after we watched it, I think the more that I liked it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I thought it was a good episode. Yeah, the Pepto Bismol really does a great job of neutralizing a lot that's going on, and I think it really neutralized Holly's just like energy levels. So it really just kind of brought her down to a a, a zero. No. <laughs> yeah. Um. I don't know. I, I it wasn't as long as I thought. Yeah, phrasing. It was yeah. going to be, but I thought it was good. It. Yeah. It was good. Yeah. No, it was. It was good. It was a rescue, and that's what we thought it was going to be. Um, but it was. It was great. It was, you know, there's definitely some issues with it. And I know some people here will have some issues with it, and I've already read a lot of them. Um, but on the whole, it made sense. You know, it made sense. I enjoyed it. I had freakout moments. I really did, like Luke said. Single X-Wing showing up. Who the hell, Who else could it be? Unless Ezra Bridger, Bridger found an X-Wing somewhere. Unless Cal's riding in an X-Wing somewhere. It's got to be Luke. Um, but just... What we witnessed was just was just something else. But let, let's go to the beginning. I think that's a good idea. I got really thrown off because we were like jumping into Holly, the you end. Know how, like, Wait yeah, a second. You've been on this podcast long enough. You know how we roll. We are everywhere phrasing. Um, let's start from that beginning, Holly, because it was, I mean, we're right into it. Slave one trying to shoot down, I mean, lethal blasters, you know, taking down the shuttle, tr- attempting to, but then we stun the shuttle or whatever it is. It's a, it's a, I don't even know what they call it. They stunned it pretty much. And we have the, our, uh, our science class. Shuttle. What's, what's uh, the, what was it, Luke? Lambda class. Lambda class shuttle. shuttle. Yeah. We hit him with a stun and there's important cargo on there. It's our little scientist friend who may be a good guy, you know, deep down inside, but works for the bad guy. Um, what did you think of that moment, Holly, when, when we board and, and, uh, a pretty tense moment, a little standoff. Um, I know you're running the sorry, chat. Sorry, so I'm trying to do to, the chat and answer the question. I know, double D. Why, why don't you jump to Luke first? Luke, okay. I mean, an, right. an interesting way to start things off. A very tense moment. It looked like Boba was shooting to kill, but I mean, it seemed like we needed the precious cargo. So why, why all the blaster shots? Oh, you got to make them sweat a little <laughs> bit before you board, you know, let them know you're serious. That's true. It, it was it was a great moment. Uh, it, it brought this theme in that, uh, you know, the Mandalorian has been playing with. And that is that is huge in the uh, the books, in the comics, in the video games, the, the perspective of these people who serve the Empire. 
So it's something that we've experienced a lot, those of us who are into that side of it, but for the, the more casual mass audience of the show, I think it, it was a new thing to see, uh, you know, the, him talk about, the, the pilot talk about the Death Star yeah. and how from their point of view, you know, the, the rebellion is, is a group of terrorists and how it was so tragic how many people died on the Death Star. So I thought it was it was great. Uh, the uh, the the you know the banter between uh, the the pilot and Cara Dune on that subject, and she spat it right back yeah. at him about how they d- destroyed two Death Stars. Uh, so it, it was it was well done to bring in that that aspect of of the canon at large yeah. that we've experienced through the, these other media. Uh, into this and it played really well as a nice little vignette to start the episode and then you know he got what was coming to him this this episode took some time in dialogue to explain things that maybe a casual fan may not even understand so for instance you may understand that Cara Dune said she's from Alderaan but you're like wait what's Alderaan I saw Alderaan for like a minute in 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 the original trilogy oh that was the planet that was blown up by the death star got it and then she's like which death star I thought that, that was like you said Luke uh, it shows how strong these Alderanians are they can even make a little joke right back at them um you know you 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 dicks built two of these things uh, e- even after one created mass destruction but then he hits her back and says you killed millions of people which we all know, yeah, Luke Skywalker committed, I don't know, mass atrocities on that on that battle station. But uh, it also served as a nice moment to show that these these two Imperial pilots, one will die serving the Empire, and the other's like, yo, bro, I'm not with this guy. I can make a deal. You want me to hop on that on that slave one with you? I'll tell you everything I know. Doesn't get the opportunity to get shot in the back by his co-pilot. But that yeah. just shows you, even within this cockpit, Two people, one ready to abandon the Empire and is probably just there out of, like, sheer terror. The other willingly serves this beast. Holly, now that you've collected your thoughts <laughs> and hopefully had a swig of that, it may, it may still be that $30 bottle of wine. That, are you still <laughs> sipping on that? No, this is a Riesling. On? We've moved on. Not in the car. I the need to disclose. The Cabernet. It's been dis- okay, it's destroyed. It's gone. It's done. Um, now, now you've had some, uh, moment to collect your thoughts. What did you think of that opening? Yeah, I like that opening a lot. Um, I thought that it actually seemed to fit in or tie in nicely with our last book club that we did because we kind of discussed yeah. these same themes that came up in Lost Stars about how exactly like you guys both have been saying, you know, like it makes sense that to these Imperials that the rebels could be seen as terrorists for how much damage and how much death they've also done on their side. And it's all about how the narrative is spun. Um, But I loved that banter back and forth between Cara Dune and um, the two Imperials because I just thought it was super quick. And then I loved when Cara was like, he was like, oh, I was on the Death Star. And she was like, which one? Yeah, I thought that that was great. Um, Also, I was surprised that she let it go on for that long. I kind of thought that yeah. she would take him out a little bit sooner than that, yeah. but she didn't. She had some self-control in that moment. Well, she doesn't have many moments to really tell an Imperial what she thinks, right? Because usually she's just set to kill, like, right off the bat. But, uh, you know, what could he tell them that the scientists, like, couldn't? Let's shoot him right in the face. Yeah. Um, can't risk losing that guy. So, yeah, we're, we boarded. We captured the scientists, and the scientist is like... <sighs> 
Thank God you guys showed up. Okay, no, he didn't. But he's just divulging everything. He's like, yeah, here's the schematics. No, your thought is completely like, like misdirected. You need to do this. Um, so maybe he is a decent guy who, or maybe just knows how to play his circumstances. But uh, um, we then we we then travel to uh, God wherever Bo Katan and her sidekick are hanging out. Uh, Luke, do we do you know where that was? I I don't recall. You know, I meant to go back and, and watch the last couple minutes of, of the first episode she was in because I think she says to Mando when they part, you know, where she's going to be if, if he wants to find her. Uh, but I forgot to go and do that. So I do not have that bit of trivia handy. But we'll find out later. <laughs> we did. Or someone, someone in, the in the chat. Do some Googling. We did see uh, Boba Fett's ship, which, which was sweet. Uh, it looks huge compared to the Slave One. Uh, I mean, the Slave One looked menacing compared to that little shuttle, the Imperial shuttle. But then you see her ship, you're like, damn. Also, I got some punch. Also, in this episode, you can really see that Boba Fett's ship is, yeah. it mirrors his armor. Yeah, absolutely. Which I feel like wasn't really like a big detail that you saw a lot. And I feel yeah. like they really made that a thing in this episode when they showed his ship. Yeah. And his new paint job. Huge debate on the internet. <laughs> Huge debate. I like it better when it's scratched up. It's like, Jesus, people. Like, that is what we're debating at Let this point. Let the man have something new and nice. Uh, yeah, that's what Refirmed. I thought. It's, it's been, it's been, you know, someone else had it. It's been in, in a Sarlacc. Like, just let him do what he wants. I didn't know a paint job could be such an issue. Which is funny because the internet loves yeah. those before and afters. Just not when it's yeah. Boba Fett. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, because they, they're holding on to their past, Holly, and we we know, you know, you yeah, gotta let, let it go. You gotta let it die. <laughs> Kill it if you have to. Have to. Um, but the Sarlacc did it, so the the Boba's back, and so is the armor. But yeah, huge debate on the internet about that. But we got this little uh, two two Mandalorians walk into a bar situation. Holly made the joke first, Twitter. Okay, so <laughs> nice try. Uh, but she made the joke first, so you don't get that one. Uh, we walk into this this establishment. I don't know. Bo and, and uh, I, I, I turned on the subtitles our second viewing, Holly, and I caught her name, and I can't remember it now. Oh, I don't remember. Uh, Sasha Banks' character. Costco Reeves. Reeves, yes, yes. Uh, are sitting there, I don't know, playing checkers, whatever they're doing, having a drink, playing some checkers. Um, and I thought this was a really cool moment because they did a really great job of tying in the the prequels here with with, with uh, the little bit that we knew of Mandalorians and their armor at the time. We have this big debate of, oh, Boba's just a clone. You know, you're not actually a man. You're a disgrace to the armor you're wearing. I've heard I've heard your voice a thousand times. He's like, you know, this is my father's. You know, there's heritage with it or whatever. But uh, uh, one thing that was cool, she mentioned, I think it was in this fight scene, she said... Uh, not all Mandalorians are bounty hunters. And this is another moment I felt it was explaining to maybe the casual fans. Remember that really that dick guy, Django Fett? He was in this armor. He was a bounty hunter, and I know his son was a bounty hunter. Don't be mistaken. We're not all bounty hunters on Mandalore. It was a nice moment to explain to everyone, you know, the circumstances. They did that with a Darksaber later on. But like I said, this episode really just kind of fleshed some things out for the more casual fans, which is good. Because, yes. yeah, they're all standing around. They look like each other. Okay, why do you guys not care about this? Why do you care about that? So it's nice to get a little bit of that explanation. But uh, we get a nice fight scene and stuff. But, Holly, what did you, what did you think of that scene? I thought that was a pretty cool Pretty cool moment for everyone. You get to see a little Mando on Mando combat. A little. I don't think we've ever seen two flamethrowers go at each other like that, which was yeah, super cool. Yeah, they, like, countered each other out. That it was, was awesome. kind of... I was down. Yeah. 
I guess. But I don't know. It was kind of like Bo-Katan was that like parent who was like, I'm just going to let these two exhaust themselves. Yeah. And then we'll have a conversation. Yeah. She was just like that disappointed mom who was like, okay, how much longer is this going to go on? Yeah. The, the last thing she said was one of the best. Like if we would have fought like half as much as you guys just did there against the empire, we mm-hmm. would still have Mandalore to this day. That was just really powerful moment. Also, like, yeah. We got to put our differences aside. Yeah. Also though, like Boba Fett was getting his ass handed to him. Great point. Sasha Banks doing a little WWE little <laughs> grab the neck flip. I don't know what you call it in the industry, but it was pretty epic. It looked like grab she the neck flip. She went on the ropes and just yanked him down. It was some some of her, you know, uh, awesome um, uh, profession coming into that that little interaction there. But Luke, what did you think of that moment? Some nice description of what's going on with Mandalorians and a, a little ass kicking for for Boba uh, speaks to Sasha's character's strength. Uh, but uh, you know. Uh, what, what did you think? Uh, we also saw a little menacing side throughout this episode of Bo-Katan. I mean, she's had that in the Rebels a little bit. But, boy, I, I told Holly in a little uh, Patreon-exclusive little chat we had this morning, It she it, or you, Holly, mentioned it's almost like the, the Darksaber is the ring, and yeah. she's Gollum. <laughs> and she's just like, ah, my precious. She's power-hungry. What's in its pockets? So she is power-hungry, it seems. But, Luke, what, what did you think of that moment? I, I got a pitch for Bravo, right? <laughs> the real housewives and husbands of Mandalore. Seriously. These uh, these people, you know, they got their caddy. They got a lot of issues. Yeah. You know, a different sex, yep. different clans. They're always going at it. They're kind of, uh, you know, their own worst enemy in many ways. And, and it, was, it was on full display here for sure with uh, the gatekeeping of what is yeah. it, what is a Mandalorian, what's not a Mandalorian. You're not a Mandalorian. No, you aren't. Uh, <laughs> it, it was great, and it just it, it fits with with everything uh, that we've seen from them, and in the, the reminder again for the the larger audience that uh, yeah, Boba Fett is the same as all the clones you see in episodes two and episodes three yeah. throughout the Clone yep. Wars, which I think can get um, lost in the shuffle a little bit. So that was a great uh, little reminder of that. That canon detail about his heritage mm-hmm. that she kind of throws in his face as an insult and, and uh he gives like, such a great line back of you know to her i've heard your voice a thousand yeah. times oh it'll be the last voice yes. you hear so another just really follows up on the previous scene with the, the great back and forth of the the arguments in, in fun um pithy little ways so i i enjoyed that aspect of it plus just like yeah, digging into the rough Mandalorian past. Now, Bo-Katan is a figure, at least, who has tried to unite in many ways. You know, she started out in this dark place with with Death Watch yeah. and initially following Maul, uh, the Maul-Lorians. But, uh, you know, she has a change of heart and, and a change of uh, her mind, you know, largely due to her sister. Um and she wants to be more of a uniter and, and stop all the infightings uh, <laughs> among Mandalorians. And uh, she seems to have done it there for a little while, yeah. going to the end of Rebels. But then, you know, uh, they couldn't apparently hold together in the in the face of the Imperials. And here we are. She's back at it again, trying to get get back to that that place. I she lost. I that may be a Luke Elder uh, registered trademark there. The Maldorlorians. I, I, I like that, Luke. Um, and, and what really gets everyone to stop it is like uh, Din tells Bo he took the kid. Who did? Moff. Moff Gideon. 
Oh, yeah. Well, you, yeah. Well, that kid's as good as gone. And he's like, no, nah, I know I have his coordinates. And then she's like, you're telling me uh, we could take him down and I could have his shuttle to try and take back Mandalore. I'm on board. Cool. And then what happens is we have an episode of Rebels. Okay, Luke, am I wrong? We, 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 we take over an Imperial shuttle. You know, we're, we're not wearing Stormtrooper armor right now, but we're, we're going to find a way into this starship and we're going we're gonna to penetrate uh, the well, ultimate penetration maneuver. We found out that's what it was called. I would like to say okay, yeah. that since we kind of touched on it a little bit earlier, yeah, I think that this episode was very well written. Okay. I think that it drew a lot of parallels between, like you were saying, Rebels. We talked a lot in the Patreon exclusive earlier about the original trilogy. There's some stuff later that we could talk about, mm -hmm. you know, episode three. Yeah. And I think that this... This season was great, but I think this episode in particular had a lot of similarities to some of the yeah. other movies, um, even even Rogue One that we've already seen. Yeah. And this, when they all get together after that cantina fight between uh, Boba Fett and um, Sasha Banks' character, mm -hmm. we have that cockpit scene. Yeah, And I thought that scene was really great because it felt very similar to seeing what happened in the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon with mm -hmm. Han Solo and Princess Leia having that banter back and forth, but it was Boba Fett and Bo-Katan going back yeah. and forth. We even got, like, Princess thrown at her acid jab multiple yeah. times in the same demeaning way that Han Solo would do it, like, calm down, Princess. Yeah. Like, we'll get it back, Princess. Like, all, you yeah. know, that kind of way. And I just thought that that was kind of fun. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. I, and that's when we first, when we get that shuttle and, and, and yeah, Boba Fett's trailing them in the beginning, they're kind of going over the plan. You're right. It felt like the original trilogy. We were talking about that back and forth scenes of the cockpit. We haven't really got that yet because we haven't really had two, two friends, you know, bantering back and forth, but it was nice to see a little bit of that. And it definitely had that OG feeling to it. You're at, you're absolutely right. I love how you just refer to Boba Fett and Bo-Katan as friends. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> They're on the same side here. That's that, right. That, you know, like unlikely allies, which is, that's what happens a lot in yep. Rebels. A lot of, you know, Hondo and, and, and the crew, like just unlikely allies that have a common cause. And as selfish as, you know, their 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 desires are, the end result is the same. And, and hopefully they accomplish what they need to accomplish. But uh, so we've got a plan, classic Star Wars plan, you know, sneak in on board in a Lambda class shuttle. As I, as I, as Luke reminded us. So, um, and, and it was genius, you know, just going hot. And can I say on, on, on Gideon's shuttle, mm -hmm. Luke, Holly and I talked about this. I love that freaking like slingshot, like mm -hmm. runway thing that's on that. I was obsessed with that because it's cool seeing like TIE fighters just drop out of the bottom and take off. But I liked them being slung out of the damn starship. Uh, it was freaking awesome. And I'm like, wait, she's got to land in this thing? Like, how the hell is this going to happen? Um, and, and she's, you know, apparently Bo-Katan's a great pilot, too, because she she kind of maneuvers that thing in there. But she comes in a little hot. A little hot. I, Classic move. <laughs> we, we called it, we referred to it as sneaking the Annie in. move. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I called it the Anakin Skywalker because, or Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan does it, too. Obi-Wan does it, too. Slide in there, take out some droids. Yeah, it wasn't very subtle. I would have to say no. It felt like uh, it felt like Han Solo in the opening scene of the Solo movie, where he's like, "Watch this," and he like tilts that thing sideways at speeder and <laughs> gets it stuck. Kind of felt like that. Um, and so we've got a plan. The 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 ladies are going to go in and raise hell. 
and Din is going to come in and clean up and, 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 and do a little solo mission to save the kid. Um, and I got to say that opening scene, I mean, it was just like the four ladies were going to raise hell doing the, the flying V formation. It felt like mighty ducks. And it's just like, <laughs> we're going to go in there. I, I called it a caravan of women in the Patreon. And that felt really dirty. Yeah. Don't call I it I was that. thinking caravan of courage, uh, a lot of courage happening, a lot of blaster fire happening. So we'll figure out a better name for that. Um, but uh, it was just, it was awesome. Everyone kind of had their moments. Um, you got to see Cara Dune have some hand-to-hand combat and, and some uh, some uh, rapid blaster fire. We got to see Finnick doing a lot of cool stuff. Holly told me that this actress is 50 years old. She is killing it at that age with the stunts. Who's that? that? Is it Oh, God. Ming-Na uh, Wen. Oh, Ming-Na yep. Wen? She, yeah. I did not realize. Yeah, she had a little martial arts mixed in with the blaster fire. This go That was around. awesome. And Michael, Michael, I have a big question oh, for God. you. There's, there's a line... As you know, they're going in the the four ladies kicking ass, uh, and, and there there's a there's a line that just called out to me, and I made a connection to another movie of our youth. Oh God! Let me see if you get this. So, you know, they they take out the first wave of troopers, and they kind of go into the next area, take some more out, and then it's it's pretty quiet. And uh, I can't remember like who says each line, but at one point somebody says, "All clear," and they say. A little too a clear. A little too clear. Does that ring any bells for you? A little you? too clear. clear. A little too clear. Oh, man. I feel like it's on the tip of my tongue. It's not Mighty Ducks. It's not the Little Giants. Those have been two recent references. <sighs> a little too clear. What is that? Because I feel like I know. The line The line in the movie might be, it's quiet, a little think... too quiet, but it was close you're right. enough. They were going on that catwalk, and they clear it out. Yeah, you're absolutely but right. But then, so it's Raph. There's Raph. <laughs> Yeah, a little too rap. <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja right, Turtles man. 2, Secret of the Use. Uh, when they go to break Raph out in the junkyard. Oh my God, that's amazing. And it's a trap. Because that's when all the, it's just like, that's, that's what it that happens so much in Turtles, right? They clear them out, and then all of a sudden, they're just surrounded by the Foot Clan. It just, it was fantastic, you're right. Because then they, uh, I think that the two uh, Mandos kind of jetted off. And then uh, uh, Finnick and, and Gina were surrounded, and then they came back and kind of blasted those troopers that surrounded them. But, yeah, that was – they just kicked so much ass, which was which was great. Um, I, I like to see them going clean house. Um, didn't seem like there were as many stormtroopers on this one. And I think they even mentioned that in their battle plan. They're like, yeah, Bo's like, you don't need to worry. There's not that many uh, troopers on this one. Because and, they had the dark troopers. Well, and that's what the scientists said. Whoa, 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 you got it all wrong. <laughs> We've actually just replaced them with these dark troopers, which are going to murder you all. And, I mean, they maybe they underestimated them. But uh, um, and, and so, Din coming out. It's, he was pulling an old Obi-Wan, coming, sneaking off the shuttle, just kind of, you know, going and, and doing his own thing. And uh, really great moment, I thought, with the Dark Troopers because, man, they look menacing. But you're like, how are they going to fight all these things? They activate them. They, they don't stand a chance, right? We just know that. We assume that. But then to see Din fight just one, thank God, just one got out. To see him fight that thing was terrifying. Also, it was, like, very infuriating for me yes. that he, like... <laughs> just sat there and took it? Well, well, we'll get to that. Just he, like, ran over to the door. Yeah. He was like, no, 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 no. He ran over to the door, yeah. and then he just, like, 
stood there. Like, there wasn't anything that he could do. That door just closed at a glacial Well, he, no, he shot some blasts in there, but what's that going to do? Nothing. Dan, come on. You didn't know that they were bulletproof or blaster-proof? No, he didn't. He had no idea. I mean, you heard him panic, though. <laughs> you heard him panic when he sees him walk. He's like, no, 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 no. Let me shut this door. That's like the most emotion that we've yeah. kind of gotten from Ter- him. Like the most terror? Yeah, yeah. no, you're right. Um, so it was it was cool seeing him fight that thing. And I loved what they did with these guys. And it, you don't you didn't pick up on it too much when you saw him initially because you d- they didn't have much of, you know, of a scene uh, in the in the two episodes ago but when you see them actually fighting and stuff and just how like methodical their movements are and mechanical they are it makes them seem more menacing than like those ninja droids from rebels and and the clone wars and uh even the droids we've seen in past star wars it just those just kind of like mechanical movements make them seem more powerful and i thought that was super Mm -hmm. cool um luke you have a question from adam collins Oh, come on. Over or under 50% that we'll see the Gorax in Mando season three? Oh, my God. (laughs) I hope. I got to go. I got to go slightly over at this point. I'd say it's 51.49. Because anything's possible now, right, Luke? I mean, it doesn't. uh, Anything is possible. But we're going to need some Ewoks to help take them down. Absolutely. So. I, what's the over-under that we're going to see Ewoks in the next season? Well, if we see the Gorax, then it has to be over 50%. We've seen we've seen Jawas. We've seen Tusken Raiders. Like, why not? Why why not? Ha- we know the Ewoks have gotten off Endor. You know, we know from, you know, Bright Tree Publishing that they're an educated species. I'm just kidding. That's not <laughs> canon, folks. Totally made that you up. You said it was canon. Point. I like to think it is, Holly. Yeah. Yeah, I got to throw out there that's uh, that's Adam Collins' uh, title holder for the Schmodown uh, singles belt. Go, welcome, Adam. I I I, I love. I was blown away. I got I got to meet Adam, not to test his trivia knowledge, but just to uh, ask what it's like being on the Schmodown because I'll never get to taste it. But uh, so yeah, we know that Ewoks are out in the galaxy. We know that they know how to fly ships. They know how to fire weapons. So I'd love to see one in, in, in a uh, in a John Favreau production. But I would yeah, I would like yeah. to see what they look like. What they're what they would look like now with yeah. new Absolutely. technology. Give them a tiny little bowcaster, right? Yes. I like a little miniature Chewbacca version. I'm I give be sick. I give everybody a bowcaster. Yes, even the porgs. Wow, that would be an even tinier bowcaster. That is literally the yeah. original artwork that the Patreons yeah. got was a little... That's right. I love that you still call them Patreons, patrons. We're going to work on it. <laughs> Always working on it. It's the wine. It's the wine. It's not. I say it every time. You do. Every single time. I even text sober. it. You do. Absolutely. Uh, so we're making our way down south. Um, I don't know how the rest of the lyric goes there, but uh, Mando's fighting this guy. Everything looks lost. I mean, he's literally getting his head jammed into this like steel like beam and you're just like how is that helmet surviving that was a very uncomfortable moment yes that moment he was trapped that whole scene no actually this whole scene with him running down the hallway trying to fight this dark trooper like this whole scene gave me anxiety and i I believe it did not like it because when the robots take over we're all screwed holly well probably but like i just was not a fan of that scene in general, I just, I, I didn't like it. That's fair. My least favorite scene in the whole season, I think. That's okay. Hey, yeah, I like the Mando getting his face punched. I, oh, that was cool. I didn't, but I guess it was 
showing. He's not as badass as he is and as badass as his little, uh, you know, salvo of tiny little missiles are that these things are essentially indestructible and it serves a later purpose in the episode, which we'll get to. But uh, I thought it was cool. Um, and in a nice little Beskar spear to the head, like, why didn't you try that sooner, Mando? That was a desperation move. I that was a Donatello, like, fight and shredder move. But Donatello ended up getting his ass kicked. Yeah. So that didn't work out. He, uh, I he just the does fire, machines. I thought the like, fire was going to work. It looked yeah. like it was starting it to. It pissed him off. That's and all then, it did. Yeah. And then he was like, <laughs> no. You know what was cool, though, Luke? I don't know if you caught. Um, they were talking about these dark troopers to, with the scientists. And uh, he mentioned that this is the third iteration of them, which is great because I think it actually is when you look at their references in Star Wars history that we had an original. And there was another one, I think, that came out in the games where they elaborated on it in the books. They changed it up a little bit. I think this is the third iteration. And he said, hey, there are no human elements to these anymore. We realized that was the biggest weakness. They're all robotic. Now, I thought that was cool, right? Well, yeah, I think... It it was written in that way, I think, by Favreau because it, it connected back to his his origin story from season one of the the battle droids and, and him hating droids. Uh, so we really hadn't seen him have to go up against them yeah. again, uh, really much at all, for a long time. So uh, that just kind of added to his uh, maybe his fear of them, or just you know the, having to face down another droid when it's it, something in his past that that really. Uh, it was a, a dark memory for him. Yeah, no, absolutely. It was cool. And I liked it. Uh, I think that's Brent saying that the dark trooper on that's fire was Wade. T- oh, was it Wade? See, I get them mixed up. I don't remember <laughs> who's who. You guys you got people these not fancy using your names. freaking names. And also got a little bit of a, uh, I don't know, like Luke's really pixelated. It's pretty wicked actually right now. I don't know Trippy. if that's a new effect he has there in that X-Wing hanger. Uh, also very topical of the background, Luke. I love that. Um, I did think. Got a fancy light show going. <laughs> At some yeah, he's point, like, that's awesome. At yeah. some point in that scene where Din is like sneaking down the hallway, though, I thought that we saw a little. He like hid from an inventory droid. Was that an inventory droid? Because yeah, that it like took me back to Rebels. That's for me like that just really really <laughs> sealed the Rebels deal because yeah. like I love our little droid that becomes really good friends so with Chopper cool. awesome. and AP yes. five. Yeah, and I saw that little droid going down the hallway, just making uh. sure that everything was in check and everything's accounted for. And yeah, I was like, he probably went and checked in on the dark troopers. And I was like, Din, I swear to God, if you shoot that droid because you yeah. hate droids, although I will say the dark troopers probably really like yeah. brought back that deep hatred of droids for Din. Yeah, no, sorry I- for sorry for the trauma. Great point. <laughs> He's just gaining to trust them. I mean, I like to think that he <laughs> helped raise that, you know, that statue of IG uh, eleven uh, in the uh, in the little town. Um, but yeah, just growing to like him and trust him, and then he gets his ass kicked by one. I thought that was great. Great point, Holly. <laughs> that didn't even face me. He's gonna be terrified of droids now. He's gotta. Oh he's gotta learn to forgive all over Scar- again. Scarred for life. His, yeah, I mean, he should be. That I, face looked mm. too good at the end of the episode. He at least should have been bruised. I, I, come on. Great point. You know? That's just, it just know. shows everybody needs to have a Beskar helmet. When I relearn mm-hmm. how to ride a bicycle, I expect a Beskar helmet. Because, I'll make you one. Thank you. <laughs> it'll probably just, snap your neck because it'll be so heavy, but <laughs> that's okay. We're going to have to work on those neck muscles. There's some exercises for that. Yeah, got to be working out. That's right. That's but, right. I don't know. It just goes to show you how strong yeah. that armor is because yeah. it didn't have any effect on his face although he probably got a really bad headache i imagine true well so uh, (laughs) 
Our uh, our wonderful ladies make their way to the bridge. Clean house. No get in. I have a question. Yeah. What happened to that um, lady Imperial officer? You asked me that, Holly, during the second viewing. Was not addressed. <laughs> she, it wasn't. She probably jettisoned out in a, uh, in a, uh, in a, uh, escape pod. Escape pod. She just like, she was, every time they would shoot him off Gideon, she was mm-hmm. the one giving him all the direction and telling him what was going on. She was the one like calling the shots about when the TIE fighters were yeah. going to go out. And then all of a sudden they get to the bridge and she's gone. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe Grogu snapped her neck when he's <gasps> in there. I don't know. I don't know. But we'll, I'm sure maybe there's a side story that we'll get at some point. Uh, I'm not really sure. But, um, then, so yeah, we make our way to the bridge. Everyone's dead. Ship is apparently on autopilot, or it's just sitting there, dead. Um, no Gideon. Where the hell is he? Well, Den found him, and sure he, he's in the he's in the in, in the uh, brig with 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 the little one, holding him w- at bay with the dark saber, which was great. As cool as Gideon was, now you know he's just a coward. Now you know he's just a coward, and that he's gonna do what's in his best interest, just like every other Imperial. But uh, a, re- a tense moment, you know he's lying. Gideon ain't that nice. Hey, hey, I'm done with the kid. I'll keep, I can keep the Darksaber? That's yeah. great. I'll, we'll go about our Why separate ways. Why didn't trust that snake? Couple of questionable things that Den did in this episode. There's one. Don't turn your back. On a lightsaber, Luke, I think that's what we learned in the Jedi Academy. First thing, never turn your back on a lightsaber, whether it's, you know, whether it's, you know, holstered or active, right? I mean, come on. Unless it's your dad. Unless, uh, you the, know, Luke turns his back to Vader in Return of the Jedi. And we saw what happened to Ben Solo when he turned his back on Luke and his little tent. Yeah, didn't go well. Didn't go well. So never turn your back on a lightsaber. I am actually a little naive, I guess, because I, I bought into it. And I thought, oh, this is a clever misdirection because what it's setting up is a big confrontation between Mando and Bo-Katan yeah. because she's in this for yep. the Darksaber. So for him to say, give me the child, you keep the saber, and we'll just get the hell yep. out of here, you know, I thought that was going to lead to this big confrontation with Bo-Katan, which we get that eventually in a more yep. subtle, subdued way. But I, I was buying it yeah. from Actually, yeah. Um, and I thought it was a kind of a clever misdirection in the writing. But then, no, sure enough, we get the, the nice uh, fight we've been expecting between the Beskar Spear and Absolutely. the Dark Yeah, I, I'm actually, I agree with Luke. I will admit, at yeah. first I was like, exactly what Luke just said. Oh, this oh, is a right. weird twist. But yeah. then, as soon as he, like, they showed his back specifically, and then Gideon standing behind him, I was like, wait a second second well but that's the that's exactly what they wanted you to think because yeah if mando goes back with the kid with no dark saber it's like where's gideon he's like oh, i let him go I, I was here for the kid she's like but i want the dark saber yeah mm. what's that relationship gonna look like then not good and they knew that's exactly what we we're gonna think but still not good even after what happened but you're listen right. you're right what did gideon think was gonna happen he like raised a dark saber to the armor bro come on you literally have the dark saber, and you know the one thing it can't cut through is Beskar. Well, the thing is, I mean, he's he got that thing somehow, and they're the boat. He's sitting here under this impression, and this is going to be a discussion. I know it is about the, uh, you know, how do you earn the the dark saber and become the ruler of Mandalore? Uh, well, we'll have that discussion in a second. But he obviously thinks that you know you win it by combat, and so he won it somehow. Um, if you know if he's staying true to this this legend or whatever you want to call it so 
I don't know. He maybe he whooped Bo's ass before. I have no idea. I'm not sure, but let, we'll talk about that here in a second. Um, but that fight is awesome. I thought that was some great, some great uh, staff work by that stunt man, or maybe it was Pedro Pascal down to. I thought that was some super cool action. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. It was it was pretty quick. Ended it pretty quick, and when he's holding him with the spear down, he says, "Oh, you're sparing my life." And he's still smiling. He's like, "This is going to be interesting." It's like he, he's okay with dying, but he's just like, I'd rather watch this drama unfold and watch you kill each other. This is going to be great. It's not according to plan, but, like, cool. Let's let's see what happens. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a really fascinating twist to this episode. Fascinating. Thrawn, Thrawn would stand there and say, hmm, fascinating. No, he actually would. He, he would. would. he would just stand back and watch the whole thing happen. You guys mm-hmm. know, this is, yeah. like, Thrawn is one of my favorite villains, yeah. and I fell in love with him as a villain in Rebels, yeah. and now in The Mandalorian – I feel the same way about Moff Gideon because they just have that very cool, calculated yeah. personality. And we saw Gideon panic for a second when they when Din brings him back into the bridge. But mm-hmm. I just, I don't know. I just feel like he's like, okay, this happened, so we're going to see how this plays out. He's definitely clever. He's up there, but he's a little more cowardly. You know, you never really see Thrawn just kind of, very rarely is he going to, put himself in a situation where he's going to have to kind of he bends the rules yeah but not to where it's like i don't know yeah on like honorable because it's, it's interesting and also like thrawn is usually like a couple steps usually mm-hmm. a couple steps ahead obviously towards the end he wasn't mm-hmm. but or maybe he was i don't know yeah but moff gideon clearly was not a couple steps ahead in this scenario well maybe thrawn should have showed up in that x-wing Shit. And all the dark troopers stand down. You're like, who is it? And it's just this blue guy walking through the halls. And he comes and he says, this is over. And that's the end of the season. That would have been crazy. But no, that's not what we got. Uh, So we take Gideon back to the bridge, which is epic. Bo is, it's the music too that was, that's playing. It's not menacing. It's not like building up to this like, like dramatic conversation it's almost like comical with like some pizzicato from the strings and stuff and it was like oh, oh my god i was almost kind of chuckling like this i was having the feelings that moff gideon was having like oh this is gonna be interesting how's how is she gonna react and she was pissed she said yeah what did she say what's what happened how did this happen what happened and it's and then uh i think gina or, or somebody says well, he brought him in alive like well, i'm gonna have to the Republic's going to have to double their payment now for, for bringing in this this high-value target. and uh, Not what she meant. Uh, yeah, no, not at all. And so, uh, Luke, uh, this is where we'll get into the discussion that a lot of people are having about this Darksaber. And, I mean, Din just kind of reminded me of Sabine. Just, you know, it wasn't about the Saber. It's not about ruling Mandalore. Like, he, he, he heard all this from Moff Gideon, wow, such power, and, and I've been such dedicated to this creed of the Mandalorian for so long, and I wield this weapon now, and it's like, nah, I'm here for the kid. Like, you can you can have this. And then the hesitation. She stares at it, and she's like, oh, boy, I want to grab it, but I can't. And Gideon explains it all to us. I mean, some nice flashbacks to the Rebels' uh, Mandalorian story and, and, and how Bo acquired the weapon. And I've seen some people discussing, even in our group, saying, Whoa! This is this story's all they've completely retconned rebels, and I don't know if I, I I don't know if I'm believing that. I think it's just, 
Bo knows that she took it for the wrong reasons before. She didn't seem to really have earned it the way that she should have. She should have earned this weapon, and she just acquired it, and that's why things didn't work out. She didn't take the normal path to becoming this ruler of Mandalore. You have to earn that thing, and she was just handed to it by someone who was wielding it, and they willingly gave it up to her, and that didn't work out, so I'm not doing that this time. It's, it, I'm not going to just repeat my mistake. Luke, how did you take that moment? I mean, is are we truly retconning this kind of, you know, this rebel story, or is it just that there's some growth here on, on Bo's part? Um, what do you think? Yeah, I'll touch on that quickly. What I really want to talk about is more within this season of The Mandalorian. But I think, yeah, people get hung up on that sort of stuff. So there's a big chunk of events that have happened in between then and now that, that we don't know how that's reshaped Bo-Katan as a character and, and what she thinks is, is the right path. So I think you're right. There's, uh, you know, after the the fall of, of Mandalore or whatever they call it, the great, you know, the great tragedy, the purge yeah. that happened. Yeah, she is probably of a different mindset about how she needs to go about things. Uh, so so I'm not hung up on that. And what I really, really love about this scene is is just stick within this show, really, is it's such a, a reversal of the, the first episode with her yeah. where she is mocking Din uh, for his strict compliance with these strange... Absolutely. Um, guidelines of his sect, his clan of, of of Mandalorian, where you don't take off your helmet. This is the way. All that she mocks him. Yeah. But by this time, he's he's let go of all these these creeds. Yep. And he's just doing what's what's best for Grogu as much as he can. Yeah. And his his creed is now do whatever is best for Grogu, and he's let all this stuff go. We just saw in the last episode, he had no problem when the, the time came to that he had to take off his helmet. Yeah. And and now it's it's, it's really Bo-Katan who is stuck on on a creed. Um, I love the line where he's begging her to just take it. Yeah. Like he, he's <laughs> he's annoyed that she's she's hesitant to do it. He says, "Just come on, just take it." Yeah. Like this is silly that you think that you have to have have won it in combat. Uh, it, it can still be a powerful symbol if you just take it. Go ahead, I'm giving it to you. Yeah. Um, so I I just love. I know we love the canon connections to all the different parts of Star Wars, but my enjoyment from this scene is mostly just looking at it within this season of Mandalorian and just the, the flip of the two characters and, and their beliefs. Yeah, it's a it's a bit hypocritical. <laughs> You're right. Like she is, I mean, just frozen staring at this thing. And Gideon kind of wraps up a story and she's like, yeah, he's right. I can't touch that thing. And that's that's so funny to me because – up to this point, you haven't really been able to trust anything that Gideon said, and he's been... Well, she knows of, it, though. Well, I, mean, I know that she knows it, but he's explaining it to us, the audience, yeah. and also to Din, who he doesn't know this stuff, you know, and yeah. everybody else, well, with the exception of, I guess, the other Mandalorian in the room, but, mm -hmm. I mean, to Cara Dune, too, I mean, she wouldn't know this information, so yeah. he's explaining to the audience and to them, you know, what is going on and why this is important yeah. to the Mandalorians and we believe him too. Yeah. Um, I just think, yeah. I just think that that's interesting that we go from not trusting Moff Gideon and knowing how yeah. manipulative he is to being like, Oh my God, he's saying this. And like, mm -hmm. this is right. It's funny too, because the dark sable is more, it's, it's a newer thing in Mandalore history. It's not even like it only came about after we had a Mandalorian Jedi who lost his saber 
was held by the Jedi, and then during the Jedi Mandalorian Wars, they retrieve it back. So it's 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 not it hasn't it's not like it's been ancient 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 history of Mandalore. There was a Mandalore before, way before, and uh, so it's it's yeah, she's adopting this this kind of thing. Um, you didn't see her sister wielding the dark saber yeah. really. Um, yeah. but she probably sees that didn't work out. You have to have a little power behind your words. Luke, I think that's a really great point. Cause I didn't think of that while I was watching the episode, the two times that I yeah. watched it, that just never crossed my mind. Yeah. But I think that's a really interesting take on that page was like, well, maybe that was okay with Mandalorians, a conversation earlier about the rebels yeah. side of it. She said, maybe that was okay with the Mandalorians, but maybe it's a little bit different when you're in front of somebody who's an outsider. Yeah. There were quite a few outsiders in that room too. So maybe that yeah. does change the dynamic a lot. Yeah. And it's, it's great that this whole awkward conversation that we're having and, and you, you're wondering is, is Bo going to lash out and just try to murder Den here on the spot? Thank God. Uh, these these dark troopers show back up because the funny thing was when 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 Din opened up that airlock, Holly's like, "Well, that was anticlimactic." Oh yeah, and I was <laughs> like, "Well, Holly, don't forget they got little jets on their feet. They're gonna they're gonna be back. Right. They, they're not gonna get rid of them that fast." And so when you see those guys, you know, show back up on the radar, and and people are like, "How many life forms?" And Fennec's like, "None." You know, they're back, and they come in, they occupy the ship quickly. They're beating down the door, which was great. And you're just like, well, this sucks. What's, what's going to happen? It was terrifying. It it's was. Like, I think, I know I talked about the music last time too. I think oh. the music in this episode was so good. Mm -hmm. And what they did with the music in this, in these like final, like 10 to 15 minutes yeah. built that tension so much. Cause good. it's just like, it's just like a steady beat and it's just like something's going to go down, but you don't know when it's going to happen. And it feels like yeah. it goes on forever. And it's not just the music, but it's them pounding on the door. And mm -hmm. then later it's like the beeping from the elevator. And it just yeah. like, it really builds up. And this is where it starts. Were you expecting an interruption here? Were you expecting them to break through and a fight ensue? Or what, what, what were um, you thinking was going to happen? Here? I was expecting them to break through, but then at the same time, I was expecting an interruption, but I thought it would be Boba Fett mm. coming back back because she because Bo-Katan told him get the hell out of there get out you. yeah but he we know that he comes back to them at some point we don't yeah. see that happen yeah but I thought that he was going to come back I thought that was going to be part of the interruption yeah I, I thought there would be an interruption too but I thought little baby Yoda it's like he's having a moment now and he may crush half of this freaking star destroyer right before our eyes and you're like damn that's some dark side magic this little kid needs some training but, lo and behold, that signal went out. It wasn't just him witnessing history there on, on that seeing stone. He was calling out to a wise, wise, wise master. Luke, what were you thinking this moment? Door looks like it's going to be beat to hell, and our heroes may just perish, as Moff Gideon said. What were you, expect were you expecting that hero to show up, or do you think someone was going to rise to the occasion? Maybe, may maybe Din has some force powers that we see, and you're just like, oh, God, everyone's a Jedi. I was definitely anticipating outside intervention. I know it's easy to say now after seeing it, but that was honestly my feeling in the moment because they already established that Din could barely take on one, and now there's like several dozen yeah. <laughs> pounding down the door, it seems like. So I, I knew or I, I felt very strongly in that moment it's, it's got to be something yeah. else outside of the people 
you know, in the br- on the bridge there at that moment. And like I said, when, as soon as the X-Wing flew by the bridge viewport, I started, you know, saying aloud to myself, there's Luke, yeah. there he is, uh, because I'd been calling it all season. Not that the, it was that hard to call. A lot of the signs were there, but, um, you know, I've been beating that drum every podcast we've done pretty much <laughs> for the past couple of months that Luke's coming. Uh, triumphant moment uh, for him to just come through and, all the uh, all the dark troopers, uh, you know those great action scenes of, of Luke at his absolute uh, prime, you know capabilities. Uh, so it was great to see him ignite the green and do that. I do. I don't know if we want to get into this right away, but <laughs> I have some trepidation about my, my feelings about it overall. I really loved it. Um, I worry that in the general community there will be a, a section of, of fans who use this to attack the last Jedi already um, happened, Luke, because <laughs> it's already happening. This is the, this is the Luke that so many people called yeah. out for, uh, in that movie. Um, and as you all know, it's one of my favorites. I, I really adore that movie. And for me, it's, it works with where Luke is at that time and what he's been through and what's happened mm-hmm. to him. And, and, and where he comes out of the end of that story and into Rise of Skywalker, you know, um, renewed in his faith in the Force again and in the Jedi. Um, but, you know, this, there's people who are already saying The Mandalorian's better than, like, any of the movies, especially in the Disney era. Um, and this, well, I think, adds fuel to that fire. And I, I, I'm just a little sad that it, it will be, some part of Star Wars will be used to, like, tear down another part of Star Wars. So it makes me a little bit sad <laughs> for that uh, as immensely uh, like joyful as it was and, and impactful for me to, to see that happen. There's that little tinge of, of sadness from that aspect. Yeah. yeah. I, I also think that something, I, I think the deep fakes are cool. I think that, you know, it's cool to kind of fill in something that happened during the original trilogy or right after the original mm-hmm. trilogies, but original trilogy, but I am worried that putting in, putting Luke Skywalker in as a deep fake is going to set the expectation that they're going to be able mm-hmm. to still build off of the original trilogy yeah. with the characters yeah. as we know them in the original trilogy. And it's like at that yeah. point, like that's great, but then you might as well just make it an animated show. Yeah. Like it, we're not going to get new live action characters then if we're just going to keep, you know, people are going to be upset yeah. that like, why didn't we get Princess Leia and what was she doing? And why didn't we get this? And why didn't we get that? And it's like, we need to move past that. Yeah. But that, I mean, that's just me. I think you both are making fantastic points because it's, <laughs> and it, like I told Luke, it's, it's already happening on the internet. You're already having people say, yeah, this is what we should have got in The Last Jedi, not that stupid shit that we saw with Luke who didn't care about anything and went to go die. And that just, you're selling a character short. Like, a character is not going to be this. And I get it. I, I come, someone I love, Sam Witwer, like, couldn't disagree with him more on Luke Skywalker as a whole character. This character is going to have ups and downs. They're not going to be this optimistic, yeah, whatever, I'll throw down my weapon. When They're going to face trials and tribulations. That's what makes them unique. That's what makes them grow. They have challenges, and they face those challenges. It's boring if you don't have characters go through that. You just didn't 
George Lucas was playing with that. Luke had some dark times. That optimism was always shining through, though. But it's what those the, it's what really brings those those characters down to hit rock bottom that allow them to grow in different ways. So he's never going to be this character for the rest of his. It's just not going to happen. That's terrible story writing. Yeah. So it's just there's so there's two interesting things going on there. You're you're gonna have that issue. People say, yeah, that's right. We should have got this, and they'll just use it as fodder for whatever. But then you also have this. You've set this now. You've set you. We got it with Tarkin, but and 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 there was talks of of a Carrie Fisher kind of deep fake happening or doing something like that. We got it in Rogue One uh, with with her character as well. We thought we were going to get it in the sequel trilogy, and we didn't. Well, we got so, it in the Rise of Skywalker when they do. That's true. The very, flashback. but that was a vi- yeah. That was a very very flat flashbacks. That's I feel like that's a little different. No, you're right. Five second flashbacks. Yeah. It's a little different. This is dialogue with existing characters you're right though they've set now they've set an expectation so everyone that's extremely pleased by this which i am it was great but now you've set that expectation because now i'm like are we gonna get a a, a luke skywalker and grogu adventures like is that what we're are we actually going to continue this story and we probably won't but now i mean that i guess we're not writing that out of you know the possibility but I, it makes, God, I don't even know how to say this. When we were talking about characters and who could possibly, who could be, who could answer that call? Luke Skywalker makes the most sense for the time period that we're in. We don't know what the hell Ezra Bridger, Ezra Bridger could be dead for all we know. We, we, we don't know anything. We know Luke Skywalker is surviving. We know he's trying to create an order. We know he's going around collecting artifacts. We know that he was aware of like Leia was aware of like Ray's heritage. So there's, also, there's, yeah. It wouldn't make sense for it to be Ezra because Ahsoka's whole thing was that she was looking for Thrawn. And if she's looking for Thrawn, but Ezra comes back, Ezra would have tried to find uh-huh. her. She, or uh-huh. she would have found him and then they would have known what happened to Thrawn. So I'm just like, the well, but whole that's, that's what people, people wanted. It. People, I thought Cal Kestis would even be cool. I thought Cal Kestis would have worked. But that's, that's because I'm trying to I was trying to take this story and separate it a little bit from the Skywalker story. And and maybe we bring in someone else and we expand on that, but it really felt like the Skywalker story we were going to keep our distance from that and now you're just I mean full-fledged immersing yourself in it. Uh so I see what both of you guys are saying um but it was it was epic, and, and I loved it for so many reasons. Like I mentioned in the beginning, I thought maybe we, he could have gave a little shout-out and a call sign or something, but it was cool that he he kept him mysterious. Um, and and making his way through this ship was – it was epic. You made an interesting point where you said that for a second you were like, it's like it's Anakin all over again. Every movement he made took me back to Anakin – on Mustafar and the temple, the way they had him walk down the aisleway with his hood, it felt it felt like a big just a big shout out to the prequels and Anakin and his and his just his movements with the sabers and how smooth they were. I just picture him, even if it's slaying like the uh, the uh, the Trade Federation guys, it still was reminiscent of that. And then when he comes out of that elevator. And there's the smoke around. He walks in and his saber's pointed down. I was getting flashbacks of Vader coming out in Rogue One with his with his laser sword drawn. It, it's just 
I don't know. It was just very reminiscent of that moment. And it was, so it was a nice, nice call to, to Anakin there. It really, it made me feel like they were connected, like they were one um, father and son. It was just, it was beautifully done. Um, the action was fantastic. You really, you really got a glimpse of what that legend was that Luke so despised when he grew older that, you know, he, yeah, I was all powerful and look where it got me almost killing my nephew and, and, and then screwing over the galaxy. So it was awesome to see that moment kind of play out. And, and, uh, and then he, he, he arrives to meet our friends and this, this scene, guys, I want to get your thoughts. Uh, Holly, it was an emotional scene. Little Grogu's kind of cooing, and he ta- he goes over to the monitor, and he's, like, touching the monitor, just, like, kind of reaching out and being like, this this is my guide. This is my guide. Yeah. What, what, what did you think of this moment here where Din's kind of coming to a realization, this is the Jedi. Oh, my God, it's actually happening. I mean, I think that it says a lot of a lot to Din's character because he could have been selfish in that moment. And everyone else was like, Oh no, a Jedi, what are we going to do? And he was like, this is literally what I came to find. Yeah. And then he followed through with it where he could have been like, I'm so emotionally attached to this child. Like, I think that I can take better care of him than some Jedi that I'm literally just learning exists. And I don't even know. And I'm going to trust this child in the care of this Jedi. Um, I did want to say some of the comments that are happening in the yeah. live chat right now. Um, <laughs> we're talking about, well, we'll get to the R2 stuff, but oh, yeah. Um, Wade said, I honestly was like, no, it can't be Luke. The X-Wing didn't have the correct markings on the wings. <laughs> and then I saw the gloved hand and the saber hilt yeah. and my brain exploded, which yeah. was a conversation, Michael, I know that we had, mm-hmm. I saw the green light saber and I was like, oh, I guess it must be Luke, which probably the majority of everybody else watching the show yep. who's not like super deep sweaty fans thought. Yeah. And so I immediately was like, it has to be Luke. And then Michael's like, I don't know about the hill. And then he saw the gloved hand and yeah. the bare hand. I, I knew it. I knew who it was Luke. Like, like Luke said, right when the X-Wing showed up, I knew it was him. But there was still doubt in my mind. Like, are we really bringing Luke Skywalker into this television show? How is this going to pan out? But then, yeah, you got the lightsaber. You got the cloak. He's got the same belt. He he looks like Luke Skywalker from Battlefront 2, you know, even there uh, uh, in Episode 6. He has the one gloved hand. And then until I saw the actual the hilt kind of still in his hand, I was like, that's Luke. And then the, and the hood dropped. It was, it was crazy. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then we were kind of talking about R2. Yeah. Because R2 showed up with Luke. Um, Big but Paige, surprise. <laughs> yeah, that was a nice surprise. Yeah. But Paige said that um, Greenbean probably thought the R2 was just a bigger version of the silver ball. And Nettie said, <laughs> oh, my God, Din didn't give Grogu the silver ball at the end. It actually would have been, yeah, that should have been a nice touching <laughs> moment. He just hands it to him. So but it also would have been cute if, if, if <laughs> Grogu just lifted R2 up like he could play with him or something. That would have been cool. Um. And then Nettie said, that's the plot of season three. Din finds Baby Yoda to bring. I have to bring him his toy. You don't understand, <laughs> Luke. How's he going to sleep at night? Yeah, it was, uh, it, it, was, it was a touching moment. I mean, there was even uh, he was hesitant in the beginning uh, when Luke he said, uh, yeah, I'm a Jedi. And, and, and he's like, kid doesn't want to go with you. <laughs> and then Luke and, and Grogu are speaking to the force. He's like, 
He just needs your permission. I thought that was. Oh. Yeah. I missed that they were having a conversation through the force at that moment. I, I think I think it was a more uh, a similar to Ahsoka that, that that's how Grogu's communicating. He has been for a while, um, but it, or he's at least sensing it. But I mean, Grogu was hesitant too. He's sitting there, had his arms wrapped around Den's leg. He didn't. He wasn't so sure. But then, yeah, when R two showed up, he's like, "Okay, cool. I guess I could trust this guy." And then he actually put his arms up for for Luke to pick him up. But when 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 Din is holding him there, saying his goodbyes, it was. Man, I you've never seen Grogu look so real, but something about the eyes in this scene were just staring into the soul of Dead. It was awesome. It was a moment, and just begging him to take his helmet off so so he can see him one last time. It was so reminiscent of Episode Six with Luke and his father, and it was awesome that Luke gets to actually witness this happening. Like I don't know these people, but he has a bond with you, and he's seeing you for the first time. I thought that was a very special moment. I, I thought that was it was it was cool. And, and boy, I, I Den's apparently comfortable with just going helmetless now. So that's a huge. Di- if we go into another season, this it's going to be a game changer for him acting in this role and, and what we're going to get out of that character. But Luke, a very touching moment, a nice a nice a uh, father son bond here, you know. And 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 it's it's come to this moment. Will they see each other again? I don't know, but. Wh- how, did it give you all the feels? Oh, yeah. It's, it's been an emotional week. Uh, shed some tears for sure. Mm. Uh, MLS Cup 2 tears. Amen. We pulled it out, folks. Crew. We pulled it out. Uh, <laughs> you have you, COVID. Um, and then this, they had this moment between between Din and, and Grogu, who is – we all know an inanimate object, a puppet, yeah. <laughs> but he's so powerful. And, you know, Pedro does such a great job uh, in that moment. Um, it, it It's one of the most, like, impactful, you know, s- movie, TV scenes I've ever seen. The, the one part that got me is um, the touch of the chin because yeah. my, my 15-month-old daughter, um, she, like just will rest her hand against my chin a lot and feel my stubble and just kind of leave her hand there. Yeah. <laughs> and so like, I felt that connection. Um, it, it was just in the connection between, uh, Han and, and Ben, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when, when Han in that moment and, and force awaken, you know, as he's <laughs> fall right before he falls to his death, just gingerly touches his son's face in that way. Um, and then how that moment comes back in Rise of Skywalker again. So there's so much, so many sort of powerful emotional connections watching that scene. And, and like I said, definitely teary-eyed. Uh, and the music does its part to to build to build all those feelings. Uh, so I mean, I, I knew I knew it was going to be a powerful episode. And I, I love 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 the season finale of of season one, but it wasn't anywhere near the, this this emotional for me, for sure. This was uh, yeah, the most Mandalorian tears. Maybe the only episode that's brought me to tears, I think, of the yeah. series so far. Yeah. I think that the face touching, that was just such, like, an intimate moment. Yeah. And it just, like, those moments, <laughs> I guess this is kind of topical, those moments between, like, a dad and his child, they don't, they're not weird they're very intimate and they don't mm-hmm. have 
it just shows like a powerful bond and a powerful connection. Yeah. It's, a, it's nothing more than that. And I think that that was such a great scene and a great moment, especially when Pedro takes his helmet off and his eyes are a little bit teary because mm-hmm. we don't really get to see any emotion from him. And that's something that we've talked about multiple times throughout this season, you know. You can hear his voice, but it's a little bit warped. You can't really tell what he's feeling in the moment. But like mm-hmm. the like, he came, he came all out for this. Yeah. And I just thought that was really great. And Luke, back to your point about, or and Michael too, about how realistic the child felt in this moment. I think that it's really cool for the puppeteers. I'm sure there was a little bit of CGI in there too to mm-hmm. make it, you know, the eyes like you were saying. And he wiggles his ears and his little yeah. hairs on him and stuff. And I think that it's just so cool that they're able to make these puppets that can emote Mm -hmm. and then the actors their ability to actually have a connection with an inanimate object like Mm -hmm. that and make it so believable and make it feel so real that it inspires those emotions to come out of us i just think that's really fantastic well yeah i mean pedro pascal is doing something very similar to what mark hamill did uh in in the original trilogy most of mark hamill's interactions were with yoda which was a puppet so, and that's what a lot of uh, Pedro's have been, and he's in a helmet. So it's been yeah. extra difficult to really, to really communicate and, and express sentiment through a helmet to a puppet. It, it's, it's, it's challenging. Yeah. And I really, it, you felt it here. Also, the dads in Star Wars don't really have good moments with yeah. their children. Yeah. And I think this is the first, like, pure moment I, th- I guess you can argue that the moment between Han and Ben when mm-hmm. he comes back at the end of The Rise of Skywalker, that is a great moment. But up till that, we haven't really seen Han Solo be like a good dad or really yeah. like try. We haven't uh-huh. seen those behind the scenes moments. We know that Anakin was a shitty dad, mm-hmm. terrible dad. Mm-hmm. But here we see Din and he's just been trying to make all the right choices and be there for the child. And it's not even yeah. like his child. I just think that's such a good story. Yeah. Like there's such a good story there. And he's, he's doing what he thinks is best for him, right? Like Yes. And that doesn't mean holding on to him. That means letting him him go and the and the things that Luke says to him like he's powerful but like power alone isn't going to be successful he needs to be trained he needs to be able to harness that he needs to be able to know what to do with it and and do good by it because like Ahsoka said it can lead to bad things he's seen it with his father and he's gonna be damned and that's what that's why it makes sense again like I just got this distress call from this powerful creature I need to check this out because yeah. I know what can happen at this point. He has to know the history of his father and, and, and what happened. I got to stop this. This this could be, this could destroy the galaxy. So we need to, he's already probably sensing it in his nephew at this point. So boy, can't let them tag team. I, um, I want to quote Brent right yeah. now because he brought up a really good point that I love. Um, and the group really liked this too. He said, I loved how the last person Grogu probably saw wielding a lightsaber was Anakin slaughtering mm. younglings. And now he's, uh, or sorry. Yes. Mm-hmm. And now he's seeing Anakin's son doing the same thing, but to save him. Yeah. And I feel like for the child, that has to be pretty jarring. I understand that he can sense Luke and his presence. So he could probably sense, you know, a little bit about his intentions, I would assume, but maybe not. But, yeah. And so... That's a great point. I mean, we're assuming that he was there when Anakin slaughtered all the younglings, or at least he witnessed part, if not all, of what happened mm-hmm. there. And now he sees another Jedi come in. He sees it on TV, him striking all these dark yeah. um, 
troopers down with his lightsaber, but yet he trusts him to go with him. It was, I mean, he could have been watching it in a similar fashion uh, in the temple. We, we don't know how he survived, but if he did witness that, yeah, it's it's probably extremely similar to what he was seeing then. And, and like I mentioned, how how it was very reminiscent of Anakin and his, his, his kind of dark side rage, but just the fluid motions, it just was like, you know, Hayden was was in the robes. That's kind of how it felt. Who knows? Maybe it was. I have no idea. So maybe, yeah, maybe Grogu witnessed that, and that's why he was a little hesitant because you see it, it, it visibly. He changes when R2 shows up, and R2 has a response, as does Grogu, to each other. They recognize each other. They recognize each other, and it kicks in for R2, and you hear because he, when he does his, like, Excited when he remind when he's remembered when, he, when he's reminded of someone or he was like oh that's you he does these like high beeps and he did and that he does here. that little he does that little shaky thing yeah. where he bounces back and forth this was a I've seen you before oh my god you're safe like I'm, I cannot believe this and Grogu has the same reaction so it's yeah. something they they know each other and I think at that that's when Grogu was like okay I need his permission yeah let's 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 do this thing let's finish it out I I, I trust you so. Boy, uh, <laughs> another thing, too, it, it was set up perfectly for Luke Skywalker because if we've got a bunch of stormtroopers here on this ship, Luke Skywalker shows up. You're not going to show Luke Skywalker slaying a bunch of stormtroopers. I know we've gotten away with that in, in the show. We've got away with it in Rebels. And, 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 well, in Rebels, I don't know. They don't really slay a bunch of – usually they knock out the stormtroopers. Yeah. But, like, that would have worked. So we've got these – powerful death troopers and we're going to let Luke Skywalker just go Haas. There's your legend. But Luke Skywalker wouldn't, wouldn't last time we saw Luke Skywalker, he threw down his weapon in the face of evil said, I'm a Jedi like my father before me. He wouldn't go in there and wreak havoc on stormtroopers or any other sentient beings, but let him wreck these death troopers. And we can kind of maintain that legend status and that, that good symbol for hope. Um, and then we ultimately know what happens to him. But it was just, it, it made sense. I, I wasn't the most excited about the idea when we were talking about it, but it makes the most sense. I still jumped out of my seat and I was like, let's freaking go. Um, and, and what he was saying to uh, to Grogu, it just made so much sense. Yeah, like he's got a lot of power. And I, just like Ahsoka, I've seen what that can do to a person. It was my father. Um, and I'm not going to let that happen again. I'm going to do whatever it takes. I'll put down my life to make sure that he's trained properly, but you got to trust me. I, I thought that it was great. There was very, very short dialogue, but it worked. Now the one big gripe I have, and I know it's such it's such a, <laughs> it's a, such a nitpicky thing, but we're at a point now where there are seventeen year old kids online that buy a hundred dollar program and can make the best deep fakes I've ever seen in my life, but for some reason, Lucasfilm. And their graphics folks just can't quite figure out the face with the mouth movement and the eyes. It just, the the voice sounded fantastic, but it just, it took me out of it. And I get that's nitpicky, but folks, on a more limited budget, this show was gorgeous. We were tricked to believe these huge landscapes, and it was really just this, like, panoramic, like, cyclorama-type thing setting that like fooled us all and it was beautiful and the graphics in the show were beautiful. Why can't we figure out the face? It honestly, and I hate it, it just took me out a little bit. It was it was okay. 
it, it got the job done. I knew it was I knew it was Mark Hamill. I knew it was Luke Skywalker. It just honestly took me out a little bit of it because I know that we can do better, and I'm not sure why we aren't doing better. It doesn't ruin the episode for me. I, I contemplated even bringing it up, but I think it's worth mentioning that, like, Lucasfilm can do better, and, and I just don't know why we are. Am I, am I alone in that? I want to get Luke's opinion on okay. this because I'll tell you guys, like, the Holly CGI, it, it. I didn't notice it. It didn't bother me. I have no opinion yeah. other than what I had already said earlier about the expectations. Yeah. So the physical appearance mm-hmm. of Luke Skywalker in this episode did not bother me. Yeah. Yeah. Luke, well, uh, how about you, man? Am I alone? I mean, it, it didn't change a ton. It just it took me out of the moment a little bit. <laughs> I, I liked it. Um I liked it more the second time I saw it than the first time I saw it. And I think subsequent viewings, you'll kind of get over it. Uh, I always go back to watching Rogue One with my wife, which is, <laughs> I swear, the only uh, the only Disney era movie she's uh, seen from start to finish. Um, but she, we, we got home and she wanted to watch A New Hope. She's like, oh, let's throw it on A New Hope. Um, you know, right after we saw Rogue One, and when Peter Cushing comes on screen yeah. as Tarkin in The New Hope, she starts like doing the math in her head about when <laughs> Star Wars was <laughs> yeah. originally made, and she goes, "Wait a second, we saw this guy yeah. <laughs> at the movie theater just now." So her not being deep in it and not like re- knowing when she sees Tarkin on screen that that guy's been mm-hmm. dead for thirty years. 20 some years um it you know it washed over her she totally bought into yeah. the character um i could see some small imperfections and things um knowing that's not really peter cushing uh but not so much that it took me out of it but just enough that i you know i could notice but but her not just going in with that knowledge that that person's yeah. dead um uh, didn't didn't immediately make the connection. So I think if you could find somebody who, you know, had never seen anything Star Wars, didn't know who Mark Hamill was or Luke Skywalker was, and you just plop them down in front of this episode and let them watch it, I don't I don't think they would say much of anything about the yeah. appearance at all. Um, now, ninety five percent of people watching this show probably <laughs> know like Mark Hamill is. Uh, what in his yeah. 60s now <laughs> and that's that's not what he looks like or sounds like anymore so something's going on and so then you can pick up on things my friend peter the biggest gripe and i i think this is the one gripe is the the eyes yep. um there's not enough movement in them the 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 pupils in the iris kind of stay too mm-hmm. too still a lot of the time i thought the rest of it looked quite there's a moment, I can't remember which line it is, but I think um, it, it's when he's trying to convince Din that, yeah, he, he should go with, with um, Grogu should go with Luke when Din first expresses, you know, oh, wait, he doesn't want to go with you, never mind. Yeah. Um, you know, Luke says, I think it's the line maybe where he says, you know, he won't be, he won't be really safe unless he's trained or whatever. Mm-hmm. And there's this, like, emphasis yep. that, that Luke does that, like, raises his eyebrow, like, he won't be safe. Yeah. Um, that seemed very natural and looked very natural to me. So yep. I think there's a lot about it that really works. And I thought I thought the mouth was fine. Um, so I, I think the one big gripe that I'll I will um, agree with is the eyes. Yeah. But I think 
if you just kind of let it all wash over you and, and the more you see it, I think the less you'll you'll kind of notice some of those things and it will all just kind of blend, blend in more. And I think every time they do this, it, it, it will get better. Yeah. And uh. it, yeah, no, it's, it's in its television too. Like they probably definitely didn't put as much effort into it as they did with Tarkin because you actually had an actor that did some motion capture was wearing the big apparatus and all that. And they did, I mean, you can watch the behind the scenes stuff. They spent an extensive amount of time on it and I'm sure they didn't with this. And, and that makes sense. They probably had an actor and they used the literal uh, online uh, software you can download to create it. And I just, I was just kind of shocked because we're bringing back Luke Skywalker and I'm like, you have to get this right. <laughs> Everything else was fantastic. I was loving what he was saying and Luke, you're right. There, Mark Hamill as as Luke Skywalker does this eye thing, and I was like, that felt so natural. It's just some of the dialogue was off with the mouth movement, and the eyes are just. It doesn't feel like you're in the environment. It's just it, it took me out of it just a little bit, and that's a that's a major gripe because Luke Skywalker is my favorite damn character of all time, of all time. He is the chosen one, and he's my boy. So I'm a little hypercritical when you're bringing him back into Star Wars. Everything well, else is perfect, and that's that is the same reason why people well not the same exact reason but that's the same you know sentiment that people are having about critiquing um ahsoka's portrayal and you know that's that's a fan favorite character so it better be right and people just were like uh was it right was it not i don't know and if it's not you can risk losing people over that yeah and and i think you give certain amounts of leeway to like everyone's like oh my gosh or like you know her head apparatus, I don't remember what they're called, aren't as long as they were in Rebels. And, and why was that? And the the uh, the uh, creature folks over there at Lucasfilm were just like, it just isn't practical to move in it. And you're like, okay, that's cool. Like um, You I'll give some leeway to those types of things. But when you're dealing yeah. with a very known character in Star Wars and the tech, that's why I don't understand. The technology is there. I showed you three deep fakes that kids did on YouTube. And it looked it looked yeah. better. It just did. So you're it, saying that children gripe. on YouTube are better at the editing stuff than Lucasfilm? I don't I don't know why it's di- I don't know why it's different. And that the, let me let me be clear: the folks at Lucasfilm and ILM doing this stuff, I could never even attempt to replicate what they're doing with with all of the degrees ever and experience. I would never be able to do it. So it's a, a total testament to them and what they're doing. I knew it was him. I loved it. But I just I think we should expect better, and I think why don't we want it to be better in those moments? Yeah. It's television. I get we're not going to spend a ton of time on it, but people are doing it every day. That's my that's the biggest gripe I had with the episode. Okay. I freaking well, love I'll it. tell you what everyone else is saying. Okay. First of all, you've been canceled. Oh, perfect, <laughs> great. Well, the, there's not much the to chat, cancel, guys. So if that's the bar has, we're setting, I don't know. The cancel culture what we're has doing. come for Michael that's tonight. Unfortunate. It must have been the rant last week. No, it was to Scotty. Ah. Um, and then Paige said that she's with you because she felt like uh, the CGI for Luke kind of took her out of it too, and yeah. she actually texted me that while she was watching the episode. Um, yeah. Nettie said that Luke had one line that just didn't really match at all and kind of threw him off, but otherwise yeah. didn't really see too many issues. Um. And Wes actually had the same thought that I had when Luke first came on. I was like, all these people are talking about Sebastian Stan. Sebastian yeah. Stan would make the perfect, like, younger, live-action Luke since they can't bring Mark Hamill back to do yeah. the Luke Skywalker that he did in the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. And Wes was like, 
you know, his mouth was off. I thought at first it was Sebastian Stan, but with Mark Hamill's voice. Yeah. And for a second, I was like, I can't really tell. When the hood came down, I thought so, because the hair was a little too straight for Luke Skywalker. Yeah. It was a little too, it was a little too perfect, a little too, uh, a little too straight. So I was like, is that Sebastian Stan? And then he talked, I'm like, no, they're deep faking this thing. Uh, and I'm and with, then, yeah, go ahead. I'm with Alejandro on the chat. I'm now okay. looking at the chat. Uh, cause he's right. This compared to Henry Cavill's, you know, mustache gate is perfection. <laughs> so when you're comparing it to that horrible CGI job, uh, from, from justice league, I, I mean, yeah, I don't, th- th- this is, Perfect. So I, I totally agree with that. I don't We've really seen how bad know it. what that is. Well, I'll show you after. It's bad. Um, uh, Henry Cavill had a mustache for another show that he was contractually obligated to keep while he was shooting scenes for, for Justice League. So they CG'd it off, and, but they used like a different lip it looked like for a different human being, and it does not look like him. It's just awkward because they do a close-up shot right at the beginning of the movie, and it's Superman saving the day, and he's like talking, and his like upper lip looks all jacked. It was so awkward. Yeah. That's terrible. Bad. I'll show you it. We have the film. So. <laughs> okay. What else? Hey, what else is going on? I know. I think that was it. There's a couple of, uh, I don't know if we're ready to, but there's like really big things we haven't hit on yet. It's the epilogue, the post oh, yeah. epilogue. And then like, where is this? Where's this bad boy going in the future? Well, I'll tell you. Do we want, are we ready for those? I don't know how long we've been going because I forgot to press record on the roadcaster, so Mike's going to have to pull the audio from this live stream because <laughs> that's just how it goes. We want one out of, I think, six episodes, we did everything right. But this one, forgot to press the record that's button. That's what happens that's my when bad. Holly doesn't remind Michael to press record. It's like every time I take a day off and I think I have all this time and mm-hmm. I sit down, I forget to do a little something. But, to, yeah, but let's talk about it because – I mean, A, was not expecting it, right? We got all these announcements uh, last week about what's coming in the next few years for, for Lucasfilm. So Holly and I are just sitting there having a conversation about how epic the episode was. The, the, I freaking loved the music that they played at the end of this. It was that kind of woo-woo-woo-woo theme that mm-hmm. we usually get with that, whatever that instrument is. But then we had the strings the the violins and the violas that were doing that and it was just it felt like a finale and i'm not talking a season finale it felt like a series finale so for me that was a bit different than saying this feels like this this feels like it's completing something this this you know because we just had this big epic moment grogu's gone den's accomplished his mission and i'm feeling this music i'm like okay there's my first indication that maybe this is the end of the show and then those, we let those credits keep rolling, Holly, and we're, we're getting, you know, we, we saw Mark Hamill get credited. That was cool. We let it play. We're talking. And all of a sudden, we see the television flip to twin sons on Tatooine. <laughs> what is this? Why, why? I've never seen this before in The Mandalorian. Is this a little post-credit scene like we get in Marvel? Are we gonna, is that going to be a normal thing in Star Wars now? I'd be down. I think they should. But we're at Jabba's Palace. Well... It's not Jabba's Palace anymore, but that's what we know it as. It's Bibb's Palace. Bibb Fortuna's Palace. <laughs> and I was laughing hysterically, Holly, wasn't I? Yeah. I was losing it. Oh, my God, we're back. We're back here. The old stomp, old Jabba stomping grounds. Maybe we'll have a little drink. Who's there on the, who's on the throne? Jabba's gone. Old Bibb Fortuna. 
Bib must have dived off the barge for the explosion because that son of a bitch was on it. Luke? Back. I, I mean, he, he he's risen from the ashes like a phoenix, or he dove off in the nick of time. Yeah. It makes me, I got to put Return of the Jedi on soon and check that out. Maybe he was never on he, there, you know? He was, and he was a lot thinner. So <laughs> I, maybe he survived this. Uh, just, I mean, hey, Boba Fett survived the Sarlacc pit. Why couldn't Bib survive an explosion? Maybe his disgusting, slimy skin, he's resistant. to. I don't know. But somehow, he survived the barge. So, I I didn't know what to expect. Well, he's, he's this disgusting guy here. We see uh, one of our uh, one of our uh, Gamorrean warriors get taken down at the. I mean, those are they're useless guards. Let's be honest; they're getting mind tricked. They're getting blasted. Why have security if it's going to be a guy in a freaking you know a fuzzy uh, a suka uh, tutu uh, with a with an axe that he never uses and he obviously can't deflect uh, blasters with that gets taken down and Fennec shows up and then you're like, oh my god, this is happening. And she pretty much blasts almost everyone on stage there. And Bib got a nice Michael Canterbury double chin going on. Ooh, that'd be nice. He's turning into Jabba. Something about that throne and not moving, just which I'm down for, Holly. Oh. I might have to get me a nice little chair like you got. I might never leave it. A sedentary lifestyle is not healthy. Well, it worked out for Jabba for so long. Did it? I, I don't know how long it lasted for Bib. Yeah, he puts it. Put, he had some time with it because that chin that doesn't happen overnight. <laughs> so, uh, and then Boba shows up, and I was scared for a second, Luke. I don't know about you, but you see him stand in that familiar spot, and I'm like, Boba, were you not present for Luke being dropped into the pit? I, I was, I was fearful for him for a little bit because we like Boba now. He's a hero. I was scared, man. We oh, like the, Boba now. But then some I, of us well, liked him us to begin with. 1983. <laughs> Holly's been up on the you weren't born, Holly. I was not anywhere near being born. <sighs> I guess I should say 1980. Um, but I was scared for him. But then I was like, hey, he's got jetpack on. Maybe he can he can jump right out of there. But Luke, what were you expo- what were you expecting? I, I told Holly we were we were just watching the credits, enjoying the tunes, talking about the episode, and then the freaking twin sons of Tatooine pop up, and I'm like, what the hell's happening? Oh my God, we're at we're at Jabba's palace, or what was formerly known as Jabba's palace. What were you expecting? Yeah, it completely caught me got off guard. I was thinking as the credits started to roll, oh, there's no epilogue on this season because we got the big one at the end of last season of the dark saber reveal was very much an epilogue to that that season finale. Yeah. And so as soon as it you know cut to black and the, and the credits started rolling, I was like, oh, oh no epilogue. Yeah. Uh, but they did the old put it at the end oh. of the credits trick. Uh, so, yeah, it was really surprising to me. Uh, and, yeah, I didn't know what 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 this was going to reveal. Obviously, I s- recognized the setting immediately with the, the Twin Sons and the exterior of Jabba's Palace and everything. Loved, uh, you know, to see our old pal Bib Fortuna mm. back. Uh, but, yeah, it, it leads to this, this revelation, Book of Boba, coming... Mm. December 2021, which which is cool, um, but it, it begs the question: where where is this series going? The Mandalorian yeah. is it is it done in name? Yeah, but some of the characters and the storylines will, will go into some of these other shows and, and series we've heard about, uh, or 
Is Book of Boba a subtitle for season three of The mm-hmm. Mandalorian? Is it a completely separate show? Uh, a lot to to speculate on and try to sort out where where this thing's going. Because I, I think it, it feels like we're going away from Grogu. I don't know that we're going to see Grogu on screen for a few years as well, yeah. which will be heartbreaking for a lot of people who've <laughs> fallen head over heels for him. But uh, it seems like all these stories are moving off in different directions. Uh, I think I think Din Djarin will continue as he very much is, is a big story with the Darksaber and how that's going to be resolved. But yeah, I know, Michael, you were... <laughs> You're one seeking answers. You know, that was one of the first texts I saw from you today. Somebody's got some explaining to do, but where are all these people <laughs> yeah. going and what they're doing? Because as far as we knew not long ago, we were under the impression that season three was was unquestionable. It was happening. We're on schedule. And, yeah, you'll see it. And and I, I think they were talking about Christmas time of next year. And, yeah, then this pops up with that title, The Book of Boba Fett. December of 2021. So yeah, it's we need some answers. Is this a continuation of the Mandalorian? Are we ever going to see Din again? I mean, he promised Grogu he'd see him again. Are we ever going to see those characters again? Is this just going to be Boba's story? I I don't know. I was kind of blown away by that. I can't imagine they're going to have competing shows on Disney Plus at the same time. I don't I don't think that's possible. So either the Mandalorian's done and this is a separate thing or it's a continuation of it in some different form of like, it's the Mandalorian, like you said, Luke, with a subtitle of uh, the Book of Boba Fett. And maybe that's how we'll continue things on. Maybe there'll be a Book of Bo-Katan. I I don't know. They were going to do these anthology stories before in big feature films. Maybe this is their way of kind of accomplishing that. Um, And I think one of the important questions is, is like, or just statements. Apparently Boba Fett didn't work out everything with that shaman. He still has some anger Built up, Holly. He has not dealt with everything. He was coming for revenge. I, I don't know what, unless he just wants to dominate this empire that apparently still exists. Like, or was it just there to, you know what? You left me there to die. I'm offing you, and that now I'm now I'm complete. What, what, what is he trying to accomplish? I don't know what he's trying to accomplish, but I do want to speak to the question that you asked earlier, mm-hmm. or Luke asked earlier, about like what's going to happen. I know that a lot of people are like, oh, season three has been confirmed. I'm just saying this is just me. I haven't seen Lucasfilm confirm it. I'm sure if everyone's saying that they have, then they probably have. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen that come officially from Lucasfilm, though. So I don't trust anything that's not Lucasfilm saying season three is confirmed. Well, they um, did. They said it was coming. That's that's what I was saying. They, season three? Yeah. Okay, so I missed that. That's <laughs> why I said I said it was just me. Yeah. I just hadn't seen that. I don't know how they could continue having the same characters that they've had in the last two seasons carry on because I think they're going to lose a lot of viewership now that we're not going to get Grogu. Mm -hmm. I think that Grogu pulled in a lot of viewers. I don't know that people will stick around now that he's not on there because I think that he was the lure for most of Mm -hmm. the viewers. And I think they are going to do season three and still have it be Din and, you know, so following the same group of people. I just... I just don't think that they're going to have the same pull that -hmm. the characters that we've already had, especially Grogu, will. So to me, it doesn't really make sense for us to continue on with Din's story in the same manner that we have been because Mm -hmm. I don't really see, like, what purpose he has next. Yeah, maybe they are not, 
you know, trying to pull in such a broad audience now. Maybe they feel like they've already accomplished that in two seasons yeah. of The Mandalorian. I don't know. And I just don't feel like they have. And I think that they're, it's cool to think about this from the fan standpoint and mm. like, oh, but we love we love these stories. We yeah. don't have the same perspective that your normal casual fan coming in and watching this has. No. I know so many people who have already said like, oh, if they kill the baby off, like I'm not coming back. Yeah. And, I, and I think by taking him out of the show, that's equivalent to killing him off to a lot of these viewers. And I think that you have to look at it from a business standpoint. And like you were saying, Michael, does it make sense to have competing shows? Yeah. Does it also make sense to just assume like, oh, now that we've captured them, they'll keep watching even though, I mean, people stop watching TV shows because they kill off your favorite characters mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. I understand it didn't kill him off. Well, but very, very close to uh, stopping uh, Jane the Virgin, Holly. So I think there's <laughs> some, there's a lot of truth to that. So Yeah, so I I just think they're going to have to really do something different, which is why, to me, it makes more sense that maybe the next season that we're getting will be this Book of Boba Fett yeah. and not focus so much on what's going on with Din. Yeah, it could. Yeah, and maybe, there, may, maybe there's some interactions. I don't know. Uh, he definitely doesn't seem to owe him anymore, so he's confident in that. But you mentioned it. Before, yeah, Fennec was there with everyone, so Boba had to come back, and and, yeah. and 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 who knows what happened there? I don't know if we'll ever learn what their interactions were when he came back, and probably picked everyone up and said, "Who was that guy with the green laser sword?" I don't know. We never got a name. Okay, cool. Like I could at least disclose who you were, Luke. I mean, come on. But uh, there's there's a lot of story to be told. We we have this awkward now situation with Bo-Katan who just before the beginning of the episode said, hey, things work out. You should really consider joining me. It's like, oh, well, how do you feel about that now if he wields the dark saber? Is that going to be weird? Are you not going to allow that to happen? There's so much there that needs to be told. We have this we have this idea of the Mandalorian. Boba Fett does not give two shits about Mandalore and what it means to be a good He cares about his heritage, his history, and surviving, it seems. I don't think he cares about Mandalore. So we have this unfinished story of what's, what is Mandalore? What are, who's going? Are we going to bring Mandalore back? I feel like that n- needs to be finished, unless that's going to be something we'll get in a later series. I, I don't know. Um, and we've never seen Sabine, though we said that would be in the Ahsoka show. So yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think there's a lot of unfinished story that I think fans would be disappointed in not getting, but maybe we'll get it at some point. But uh, I will say I this know. though: Delray yesterday did tweet and say that we are getting a Mandalorian novel. See that to me, that feels very final too. We didn't get a f- we didn't get a novel after season one, so it almost yeah. is like this is wrapping it up to this is Din's story, and I, maybe we'll, I don't know. And I don't know if. It, and th- this book, they said this book is still being written. Like yes. it hasn't, yes. it hasn't even, it's not anywhere near being finished yet. They just said 2021 at some point we're yep. getting a Mandalorian yep. novel. Yep. They did not give any additional information. They didn't say if it's a novelization of the Mandalorian. Yeah. I don't know if it's Din Jaren's story. I don't know if it's everything that happens in between that we don't see in the two seasons mm-hmm. or if it's what Din goes through after he gives Grogu to Luke. Nobody yeah. knows. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I know I'm going to watch it, but I'd like to see the story continue. And, I mean, Din promised Grogu he's going to see him again. I promise. We'll see. I, I would hate to assume that Grogu goes to train with Luke and dies. I, <laughs> I mean, I would hate to assume that. We, we, we know this species can live for a long time. It would be nice to see him kind of live out his life in peace, maybe. I don't know. Maybe just say, I'm done with the Force. I, after all this I've witnessed and gone through and then 
been, you know, chased and hunted, and then I, my master's temple burns for a second time. I'm done with this life. I'm going to go find a, a, an island to, to live on, Dagobah. just like Luke did. Maybe he was on the island. Maybe he had a separate island just across from Luke, and they lived separate lives. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, I, I don't know. I do know that what I asked for in the last episode is a real possibility now, and that is the adventures of Ben Solo and Grogu. I think that's a real possibility. That'd be like one of those cute Disney shorts. Yeah. Like well, those I little don't want live action, but yeah, let's do Disney animated short. Uh, that's fine. I think it would be cute. I'd be down. The roly-poly ones? Yeah. That'd be cute. Are they canon? I think we said they were. I like to think that they are. Okay. I like to think a lot of things are canon. <laughs> Michael just so, is really optimistic about no. what's canon and what's not. Hey, if Canterbury says so, then it is. I mean, Han chained Ben up to the Millennium Falcon. I know that was super. Or tethered dark. him in some manner. I don't know if we want like that I to said, be canon. <laughs> like I said, Han Solo was not a good dad. Yeah. No, not not great. But I, I don't know. At least more stories. I'd love to see a, a Hey Ben and Grogu adventures. Um, get, give give Ben a little Padawan to fail, just like just like Anakin did. Because folks, Star Wars is cyclical. I mean, these stories they're gonna they're gonna rotate. They're gonna recycle. Uh, and, and I would love to see that. But uh, anyway, anything else? Anything else about the episode other than the deep fake not being great? I'm just kidding. There was a lot more in the episode. Even that deep fake. It was it was a big awesome climax uh, phrasing. I was I was here for it. Um, it's just kind of sad. But once again, it's what it's what Dave Filoni and John Favreau have done great every episode and every season. They've left us in complete darkness. I mean, we got we got a little teaser, but like I, we have no idea what the hell's gonna happen. We just know we're going to watch it. Luke, I mean, right? I mean, we're here for it, but couldn't tell you what to speculate on next. Yeah, we're going to have less time to speculate in between shows at some point. When you see all the announcements, at some point there's going to yeah. be well, at least three of these series yep. a year, if not four at some point running. Um, so we're barely going to have time to, <laughs> to think about the next one uh, before it's available to watch. So that, that'll be a fun thing to look forward to now. We have some downtime to uh, to go crazy, yeah. uh, but there was one other small little Easter egg. I don't think we've talked about, or maybe you hit it when I had to step away. <laughs> but uh, you know, I love just the, the sweaty uh, nerddom of the people making it. You can you can kind of tell yeah. their their kindred spirits with with us, um, and, and how this has just taken on uh, <laughs> a lot of love in the past year is. Uh, if you caught Bib Fortuna says the the word uh, that was added to episode four last year, mm-hmm. McClunky. He does. I did not hear that. Yeah, he yells it out when uh, when they start to hear sort of the blaster fire coming down the hall <laughs> and stuff. Um, he says something, something in Hatties, McClunky. Oh <laughs> yeah, I didn't That's hear fantastic. him say that, but I saw people talking about it on Twitter. That's awesome. And then when we watched it the second time, I was like, oh. Sure enough. So I saw people talk about that, Luke, but perhaps to you for catching that. That's but great. Guys, I have a question. Okay. Why is he speaking Hatties? McClunky! I don't know. I, that's It's a common gangsta language. Gangsta. Yeah. Well, yeah, he's just he's just always spoken it. It's in Jabba's court. Uh, so he's just, he probably forgot how to speak basic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He just has been speaking Hatties for so long. And on the, um, on a sad note, if I don't, I don't know if you guys caught this. Um, the original actor who portrayed Boba Fett in uh, 
the original trilogy, Jeremy Bullock, recently passed away, I think it yeah. passed. A couple days. Very recently, in the past yeah. week or the past mm-hmm. couple days, too. So it's it's just a weird coincidence that as they're announcing this Boba Fett series or whatever yeah. it is, um, that, that, you know, that, that event occurred. Yeah. So you like to, to you like to think that he he witnessed the character kind of being revitalized and had a had a that's a that's awesome moment and yeah, R.I.P. to him, um, the original original Boba, um, iconic character for Star Wars. He, absolutely for you too. I mean, Holly's wondered what's been <laughs> under that armor all this time. So, um, phrasing Holly, I, I don't <laughs> know what kind of fascinations you were having as a kid, but uh, that, that was probably one of them. But it. it yeah, a tease, Holly. I don't know. I'm thinking of learning it myself. I'm kind of growing that chin, so it'll probably come naturally here soon. Uh, but some of our favorite characters spoke Hatties. So it's just kind of a kind of an underground language that you kind of learn, you know, kind of smuggling and, and being in the trade. So I don't know. I feel like it'll probably it'll happen here soon. This might become a pure Hatties podcast. I don't think that's an actual option to put as the uh, you know the the normal language. On uh, on on uh, Apple Podcast or Do YouTube, some, uh, so Hatties subtitles for y- our yeah. I don't know if you can put a custom listeners. custom closed captioning or anything. I think we're we're closer to fluency in uh, Geonosian. Ah, so true. Might be the easier true. to go. True. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fantastic. I j- all I can do is Gollum. Really, that's it. That's it. That's all I can do. And you do that Australian, that Aus- well, yeah, yeah, that Australian accent that you think is it's British, fr- is it not? Oh, uh. yeah. Well, <laughs> Mike hasn't seen a lot of the world. Still learning. Still learning. But Hutties comes naturally. So who knows? Whole next podcast maybe in Hutties. We'll find out. Oh God, guys, uh, this was fun. It's all these live streams are always a lot of fun. This is the last one we're going to be doing for a little while. Uh, I've got high hopes for doing a, a monthly live stream to make it a, a, a whole big production. I, but that's going to have to be probably when when the vaccine comes in and COVID's died down, we can have everyone over. And just I just want to have a big monthly party where who knows, whatever happens. Uh, I'd like to reserve live streams for that. But we'll see. Maybe we'll, we'll do some here in the future. But it's it's nice getting to talk with everyone and, 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 and just kind of basking in the the epic uh, Star Wars-ness that is, has been every Friday for the past uh, you know, several weeks. It's 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 been awesome. So this isn't the last of them, but we'll be for a little while. Uh, we'll we'll start resuming our our normal podcast because I I did see this week that that uh, the next episode of the Darth Vader comic and the I Webbish Bog is back. And Luke's I on it. Cannot <laughs> wait to read it. Luke has it in hand yeah. right now. <laughs> Look at that disgusting baby. Uh, and the little spider guy on him. We've learned so much about the Eye of Webbish Bog lately. I cannot wait to li- li- listen or to learn more about him and, and what these interactions are going to be like with Darth Vader. So that'll we'll definitely get on that uh, next week. But uh, Mike forgot to press record on the roadcaster, like he said. So we'll pull some audio here from the live stream, throw it up for you guys on the podcast. But expect another episode next week, um, and we'll get back to our weekly episodes talking about other Star Wars. It'd be nice to take a break. I think Holly, right, get a little more Star Wars action and. Uh, check out something a little different for once. Yeah, I think that'll be nice. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. Looking for that High Republic release that's coming soon. I uh, Got to finish my Thrawn book, which has taken me, I don't know, a couple months. But uh, we'll get there. We'll get there. So get to reading up on the High Republic, guys. I'm sure we'll be talking about it here. Uh, but that will do it for us. We'll see you next week. Uh, enjoy your weekends. Take care of each other, folks. And may the Force be with you always. Always.